0: Welcome to the diamond horse, you come on and dance with me Be a part of Goofy's country dancing tambourine I am your host, your ghost host I'm
1: <laughs> um, sorry for the hold up folks, there
0: seems to be a slow moving train up ahead Body Probe Sierra 657
1: is online for miniaturization in Bay 3 Condition code green.
0: Come celebrate again all the wonder and joy, the laughter and delight that is so much a part of our tradition here in WDW Radio, your
2: information station. Hello everybody and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 332 for the week of August 4th, 2013. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast. My new Disney in a Minute videos, blog, live broadcast, special events, my Walt Disney World trivia books, audio tour CDs, and more. You can find it all over at wdwradio.com. So today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at audible.com where you can get a free audiobook download by visiting audibletrial.com slash WDWRadio and signing up for free. More than 100,000 titles to choose from. Lots of Disney books as well. I'm currently listening to How to Be Like Walt, Capturing the Disney Magic Every Day of Your Life by Pat Williams. So sign up, follow along with me. We can discuss it over at the WDW Radio blog. Again, you can sign up for free, cancel anytime over at audibletrial.com slash WDW Radio. So I'm going to open up the inbox this week and answer more of your listener emails. Topics this week include dining options, the welcome show, military discounts, advanced fast pass, Alani Day guests, going solo to Walt Disney World, tours of the Disney Cruise Line ships, and obscure Disney movie references in the parks. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned, I'll have some announcements, including information about our e-ticket event and our broadcast during the D23 Expo coming up this weekend. I'll then play more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, relax. And enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. This show, the videos, the blogs, my books, and audio tours are all meant to help you enjoy and appreciate your visits to Walt Disney World, not just by introducing you to overlooked experiences and sharing tips and stories to help you get the most out of your vacation but also to help you learn and understand more and show you some of the details and experiences you may have actually missed. What I like to do is to be able to help you individually and sort of as a community because I think the best way to help is by hearing and responding to questions directly from you and answering and sharing them with others right here on the show because chances are other people have similar questions as well. So this week, we are going to open up the email inbox and answer some of your questions right here on the air. And joining me once again is somebody else who loves helping people plan and enjoy their vacations as well. She loves anything with the word lounge in it, was disappointed when the Mickey bar didn't serve fruity green drinks, and thinks Coach is only a pocketbook, not where people sit on airplanes. She is, of course, Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. (laughs) You know know what I really like, Lou? The fact that all those things are not only witty, (laughs) but they're true.
1: The scary part is I had a great comeback, and then you just totally (laughs) threw me off. Wait a minute. Hold on. No, what I'm really looking forward to is getting to the end of this, this email bucket, because we've had so many great questions that we don't ever seem to get through them all. Listen,
2: like my grandmother's uh, bowls of spaghetti uh, on Sundays in Brooklyn, (laughs) it's never ending. The the in-bound by there's always another to answer. There's always more to answer. So, And if people are listening and they have a question they want me to answer on the show, you can email me your question at, to lou at wdwradio.com. But we do have a lot to get to. Let's dive right in. In no order, other than the fact one happens to be about food first, this one comes <laughs> from Christopher James. He says, hey, Lou, I am a massive and longtime fan of you and your show. Thank you. All the way from England, which I think is awesome. I listen to podcasts and check this site daily. You're a bit of a hero to me and my partner. well." Wow. Thank you oh, very wow. much. Brilliant. I've been five times <laughs> to the world, I assume Walt Disney, and his next visit is October of this year. He's staying for the first time on property at Port Orleans Riverside, which I dig. And this time around, we've decided to book the Disney dining plan to eat in all the fabulous restaurants you've talked about so often. My question is this, because I know you're a busy man and have thousands of questions coming in daily, I've booked ADRs at the following places most of which are based on your reviews or your love for them. Can you point out if any of these places are worth switching out for maybe somewhere better? So, Becky, we're going to take them one at a time because he's got breakfast. I love this guy already. He's got breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And sort of, we'll, we'll mention the one and then see if we love them, change them, maybe have another suggestion for something else he should try. Sound good? Yeah, uh, Sounds good. All right. Breakfast. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I love them already. Kona Cafe... Trails End, Boma, and Cusina. I think he hit the, I was going to say trifecta, but there's four. The quadfecta of great places (laughs) to try, all with different uh, appeal and menu items. And yeah, I, I like those. And even locations, too. He's got some great locations to go.
1: Yeah, in all different directions around the world, literally. I was so focused. You said Kona, and I stopped right there because I always think about between, I know, the love for Tonga Toast. And they make the most amazing omelets there for some reason. Always love the omelets there. So I'm constantly just focused on Kona Cafe. Do it's not one of my overlook, the to go. overlook the
2: Samoan. Don't overlook the Samoan at Kona Cafe. The, Samoan? the pulled you pork mean? hash and the egg. Eh. Yeah. I haven't had that. No. Well, we need to go back. Hmm. Okay. Go back. So I I give them, and I love going to Trail's End for breakfast. It's a great value, great food. It gets you out to Fort Wilderness. Boma Cuisina on the boardwalk. Really, really nice. I love all four of those. For lunch, God, good choices, yeah, man. Cuisina is great. G- go ahead.
1: Because, well, hold on, because Cuisina is a lot of people don't think of Cuisina for breakfast, but they have the most amazing skillet mixes over there. And it really is um, a little eclectic on some of their menu choices. And it's
2: awesome um, option for breakfast. So good choices. You go right from there. You walk over to Epcot. You walk off your breakfast. It's a win-win for everybody. Lunch, he's going to Sanaa, Yak and Yeti, and the Garden View Tea Room. You know I'm a huge, I'm a monster fan of Sanaa, especially as you know from personal experience, late night in the lounge. (laughs) Yak and Yeti, either counter service outside or sit down inside, I think is some of the best, we're taking World Showcase out, some of the best in-park food. In the in uh, the parks, and it's it's my number one favorite animal kingdom, and the Garden View Tea Room I think is one that's off most people's radar. So I, I like that as a choice too. I got
1: to say I've never been to the Garden View Tea Room, what? so that's yeah. I know there's just some of these things I haven't done. It's like breakfast anymore. twirls in. Never have done breakfast over there. I I think I need to go back to Disney World, don't I? But Sana. Breakfast, or excuse me, lunch, a lot of people are kind of, some, some people who aren't exactly um, adventurous eaters tend to kind of back off from Sanaa, but for lunch, they do have this awesome club sandwich that is on the most amazing um, crack crane bread, which is just, oh, it's so good. And then they serve it with a side of wonderful fruits, and it's, it's just a really light, satisfying, great lunch over at Sanaa.
2: All right, so we have a lot of... Um Options for dinner, right? So we've got Rainforest Cafe in downtown Disney, which I would normally, I would possibly shy away from, not because I don't like it, but because I said, well, you know, Rainforest Cafe, you could sort of get in your local mall. He's from the UK, right? Chris is from the UK, so I'll say that's fine. T-Rex Cafe is another alternative there too. Uh, Chefs de France, Portobello, Coral Reef, Tutto Italia, Restaurant Marrakesh, Tokyo Dining, Sci-Fi Dine-In, and San Angel Inn.
1: Why? Why are we even involved here? He's got this taken care of. Yeah, I was going
2: to (laughs) say we should be taking recommendations from Chris.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's only one on the dinner, and it's only from personal taste. Really, I'm not a big fan of Marrakesh. You chicken. uh, Yeah, I'm not a not a spice gal so uh, it's not really my personal taste but a lot of people do really enjoy it but other than that I, I think that this looks really good and I also agree with you on the Rainforest Cafe it's not one of the places that I would choose right away but where he's from he probably has an experience Rainforest Cafe so that's a good choice as well for him and obviously Chuto Italia I
2: love yeah. that place Tokyo Dining yum a huge fan of Tokyo Dining Sci-Fi yeah. Dining I, I, we've reviewed it I, I like the food I, I think the food has, has gotten a bad rap over the years I think it's gotten better, San and Hell, I mean they're all sort of, and obviously he's got a lot in World Showcase, the only thing I would potentially say for dinner is maybe, you have one in um, you have one in Hollywood Studios maybe try someplace else you know, maybe try something like I'm trying to think maybe something else in downtown well he's got Portobello in downtown Disney so, and if he's going to eat in Magic Kingdom I would say either the Plaza or Liberty Inn
1: or even over at studios, um, I still love the Brown Derby. I'm yeah. I'm a real big fan of of the Brown Derby, and of course, it's one of those things of of the um, oh or fifties. Or if you're looking for experience, the fifties um, primetime cafe is always so much fun because of uh, of the interaction that you get, and it's more of a show than it is all of dinner. When when you're dealing with the the aunt that comes in and yells at your your parents, and it's I, I enjoy that type of thing for the entertainment value.
2: Yeah, we'll need to go and do a live review at 50s prime time for people who maybe have never experienced it before. Give you a little taste of what it really is like to eat there. So,
1: oh, you and me there—that would be fun. Oh, it would be magical.
2: So, Chris, <laughs> I think you got great options. I would not necessarily switch any of those yeah. things out. All right, let's move on to uh, an email from Megan Rio Reo R E I O. Her name is Rio and she dances in the sand. Anyway, she says, Hey Lou, first of all, I I love this show. I'm lucky to get to Walt Disney World about once a year since some family members bought a house about five minutes from property. While dream planning a future trip, I thought it would be nice to stay in Disney and stay in a resort since they are attractions themselves. The problem is, I can't decide. For the values, I love Pop Century. For the moderates, I love Port Orleans. And from the deluxes, it would be a dream to stay in the Grand Floridian. So then I thought, hey, Megan, why not stay in all three? Is this even possible? Do people actually do this? Stay in multiple resorts on vacation? And if so, is this easy to do? And do you have any recommendations? Thank you. And thank you for filling my everyday life with a little bit of Disney magic. Megan, thank you for listening. Megan, I like your choices. And it not only can it be done... It's easy. We've talked about this in the past, and and I like this idea, especially if you are able to take sort of an extended vacation if you're not trying to do three resorts in four days. Yeah. You, you know, it is a great way to sort of experience both. My recommendation, right? I love Pop Century. Art of Animation is also a great idea. Love port Orleans. I would definitely go from Pop to Port to Grand Floridian and not <laughs> go the other way. You know, it's easier to go up than it is to go back.
1: I completely agree with that. that it's it's. A great idea to split stays, especially if, again, you're going for a while because if you're going for at least a week, split for a couple, a couple of nights, two or three at one place – three nights at one place, four at another. But the clients do this all the time to take experiences from different resorts and then, of course, to be in different areas as well. The great thing that makes it so easy is Disney will actually even transfer your bags for you. So that makes it easy. Um, Usually they'll be available at your new resort in mid to late afternoon, but you, you check out, you hand over your bags, you go play in the parks, Late in the afternoon, you go to the new hotel, and it's all there for you. There are a couple of disadvantages, of course. You got to pack and unpack, so like you said, you wouldn't want to do it every night to switch out. You lose out on uh, the resume the the resort room time that you might between check-in hours. But really, why would you want to be in the room anyway, right? When you're at Disney
2: World, exactly. I mean, especially you know maybe as you start to move up to some of the deluxe. Well, as I sort of you know sometimes. There are certainly advantages to staying at the resorts. You're not spending a lot of time in the room. That's always one of the reasons why, you know, I said if you were going to do something like a Savannah View room at Animal yeah. Kingdom Lodge, make sure you know you're going to spend time in that room. You're paying for that sort of experience. But if you're going to be out in the parks commando style from morning till, till night, then maybe it doesn't make sense for you to go ahead and do that. So yeah. Um, And so, for for example, if I was to call Mouse Fan Travel and book it, does it work? Are they three separate reservations and then Disney just knows to sort of connect the three of them and sort of move the bags for you? Correct, correct. Each of the
1: hotels has its own uh, reservation number, but you can connect it and pull it together.
2: Gotcha. Okay, cool. There you go. It's easy and it's fun. So call Mouse Fan Travel. There you go. A pl- little plug in there for you, too. Okay. Thank next you. show, next show, next email comes from Danielle Barchus. It says, Lou, hope is well. Just a quick question about medication at Disney Parks. For you, Danielle, it's an EpiPen. For Becky, it's a green drink. You define medication <laughs> differently. She says, I know Disney <laughs> is very good about accommodating people with food allergies, but I was wondering, do I need to take any precautions about bringing my EpiPen into the parks. Any info you have could be great. Thanks so much. Big fan of the show, Danielle. So, Danielle, uh, I have never personally experienced this, but I do know people who have had occasion to bring EpiPens in uh, and other sort of uh, things that they would need to administer, uh, things whether they are have, uh, it's diabetic or whatever it may be, Disney is very um, certainly understanding of that. My best suggestion to you is when you get up to security, I would take out the bag with the EpiPen, show them, explain it to them, and there shouldn't be any problem. Obviously, you could always go to guest relations and stuff too. I do know too sometimes, Becky, that if you have something, that that medication that needs to be refrigerated, they will help you and they'll either bring you over to first aid or guest relations and and help you out with this. They're very, very, very accommodating uh, in terms of medication in the parks.
1: Yes, and I've actually had to carry an EpiPen with me, so um, it's one of the best things they ask us to do when we come across is show it to them, but also keep it in the original container. Uh, they like to, of course, see the regular on the container with the prescription information on the outside when you show it to them, and then you can carry an insulated container is what I've had to do before um, just to keep it the right temperature, but they will help you with refrigeration if necessary. Absolutely, and just so you know, Becky, a
2: flask, not medication. Just wow. huge Seriously, differ- huge differentiator. <laughs> huge differentiator there.
1: So. Um, I have two words for you. Blue Hawaiian. Love them. We'll love them.
2: <laughs> All in the name of research, in our know, All right. <laughs> Jeff from Danville, Pennsylvania says, Lou, I'm starting to plan my Walt Disney World vacation and came across your podcast. I love it. I've been digging back into the archives to get caught up. The question I have for you involves the welcome ceremony at the Magic Kingdom. I've been to Walt Disney World three times and never even knew this existed. See, Becky, the simple things we take for granted. So many people don't even know the welcome ceremony. The opening show looks amazing, and I want it to be my children's first experience at Walt Disney World. I plan to stay on property and take advantage of Disney's extra magic hours whenever possible. So when the Magic Kingdom opens early for extra magic hours, when is the welcome ceremony performed? Is it done when the park opens at extra magic hours or the regular time? And a secondary question would be, how does Extra Magic Hours work in general for early openings and late closing? Thank you for helping become the most prepared dad in the world, Jeff in Danville, Pennsylvania. Uh, Jeff, I-, I dig this, man. And, and Becky, I- I've always said that I think getting to the parks early and sitting there and watching the welcome show is something everybody – and I often do this, and I don't watch the show, but I watch the guests – Right? Because you see the faces, that the mouths agape of, of the kids, the moms are smiling, the dads are taking pictures, and almost trying to hold back tears because it is such a wonderful thing that I think so many people you know, overlook. You know, I, And so in terms of the extra magic hours, they do only do the welcome show once per day. Right, And every park has its own version of it. Epcot's is different, certainly. Hollywood Studios, I think, the Magic Kingdoms is my favorite. They will do it once at regular opening. Right, So if extra magic hours begins at 8... The opening show will be at nine. So you might if you want to do extra magic hours, you almost have to sort of go back into that lobby area right past the turnstiles in order to watch it from there.
1: And that is one of the best things to do. It's a great way to kick off a day in the Magic Kingdom or a Day in the Parks is to get there and see that whole magical show unfold in front of you to welcome you in. It's
2: it really is worth
1: getting up that early in the morning.
2: (laughs) And and not to, and I don't want to put any pressure on you. You are the most prepared dad. You know, they do select one family to be sort of the family of the day to help kick that off. There is no magic bullet. There is no special place to stay. I would say if you want to try and be selected, get there very, very early, right? Be one of the first families there. Be happy. Get your caffeine, Jeff. Get your, you know, get your coffee. Uh, get the family together. Oftentimes on the left-hand side, right? Sort of enter the turnstiles on the far left if you can. You never know you may be selected to be family of the day and be watching the welcome show by being in the welcome show. So
1: Interesting tips there. That would be really fun to do someday, wouldn't it, to to be lucky enough to be chosen.
2: Been there a thousand times, never got picked. It's like high school that. dodgeball. It's like I was going to say grammar <laughs> school dodgeball all over again, never got picked.
1: Anyway, now the other question a lot of people ask us is does it help if the entire family wears the exact same shirt?
2: Only if it has the Mouse Fan Travel logo on it. See? Good answer. What, Yay! <laughs> God, you are thinking. Oh my God, that hurt me so much to say that. <laughs> All right. Jenna Miller says, Lou, my husband and I just got married last month at Walt Disney World. Congratulations. As part of the package, we received two annual pass- passes. Awesome. We noticed it has blackout dates. So the first question is, are we able to upgrade our tickets so there are not blackout dates? And if so, what is that cost? And B... We're Florida residents and hopefully soon-to-be Orlando residents. Is there any discount on an upgrade because my husband is an active member of the United States Air Force? Thank you both for your service and sacrifice. Love the show. The food shows are her favorites. I like Jenna already. Uh, Again, that's from Jenna Miller. So, Becky, she's basically looking to say she has this ticket that has blackout dates. It goes to this question sort of in general about upgrading passes, right? Upgrading passes like this, if at all is possible, and are there any military discounts?
1: Excellent question. Now, Florida residents, uh, you're a Florida resident, so hopefully my answer fits what you have experienced. But yes, you should, most tickets are able to upgrade. Um, it sounds like what you're looking for is the Florida premium AP that if you went up to that, you wouldn't have blackout dates. So if you're looking to to get around those, that premium annual pass is going to be the one that you're going to be gunning for. And also they do have military discounts that will be applied on top of that. Um, I believe you have to go through your on-site military installation or Shades of Green to get the military discounts, but I'm not exactly sure uh, how that one plays out. But I do know that they do have military discounts that
2: can be applied. Absolutely. And I don't know the cost, and I wouldn't want to, especially because these shows may be listened to a year from now, I don't know the exact cost of what that might be. What I would recommend you do, though, Jenna, is go back to show number 108. It's Walt Disney World from a military perspective. We talk a lot about Ticket options and other discounts and things that are available to uh, family members and, and uh, retired and active uh, men and women in the military. So that may, be help you out, that may help you out as well. Okay, the next question is from Stephen Lloyd who says, Hey Lou, first I'd love to say thanks for the great podcast, videos, blogs, info, etc. As folks in the box, love you. Stephen, love you. Back. He says, Hey, I wanted to see if I can get more information from you about the advanced fast passes online where you can actually schedule your fast passes online before leaving home. I called reservations but they didn't seem to know anything about it. Do you know how can I participate in this new service? Also, I'll be in the world later this year. How can I find out where you're going to be? I'd love to see the show live. Thanks in advance for any info or suggestions you could offer. All right, Becky, let's take first things first. This whole idea of your vacation and the vacation planning really beginning and for a lot of people becoming much easier. Because it it starts to happen even before you leave the house, right? You're you're able to start scheduling not just advanced dining reservations and where you're going to be staying and where you're going to be eating, but fast passes as well, too. This is something that's not – right. it's not – I think the reason why reservations might not know is it's not something that is completely rolled out globally yet, correct?
1: Right, and this is where a lot of confusion is lying. This is all part of this new – process called my magic plus which has so many wonderful um options to it and some great benefits that we'll be able to use but right now it's still in testing so a lot of people and it's been a slow process because they want to make sure to get it right uh, so a lot of people are under the impression that it's it's already out there when in fact they're still in what they call beta testing and we actually have many clients right now who are being chosen here and there to uh, take part to test it which is really exciting um once it is completely rolled out and there's not a date yet. So it it could be this fall. It could be a week from now, (laughs) which I'm going to, I'm going to kind of shoot towards more later in the, the later part of the year. Um, then you'll be able to, uh, roll this out to, it'll initially be available to all the Walt Disney world resort hotel guests, and then guests who purchase other specific products. So they're telling us other guests will be able to use their standard ticket to access the benefits. But, um, Uh, such as the making the fast pass selections in advance, like you were talking about, um, it's going to be utilizing the, my Disney experience website as well. So as your, uh, as your reservation gets closer and closer, you might want to kind of check up on it and, and your tickets and just kind of keep involved with the different podcasts and the things online, because if more information is going to be coming out slowly, but surely, but eventually it'll be rolled out to everyone to use. Um, Another thing that there's a lot of confusion about is a lot of people think you have to book your, your um, reservations with Disney in order to participate, and that's not actually true. We do want to get out the word that if you do have a favorite vacation planner, we can do it too. So we're there to help you to uh, utilize the My Magic Plus, and that's one of the reasons why they're using some select travel agencies and their clients to do the beta testing, and it's been a really
2: neat experience so far. Yeah, and what I've heard from people who have been selected to beta test is just how well it works. Specifically, for those people that are using the My Disney Experience app in the parks, you're able to keep track of everything and make changes to it right there on the fly from the app. So that's sort of what they really like about it. Uh, the only thing you can't do is sort of pay Fast Passes forward, right? So if you had some Fast Passes that you didn't get to use, I always used to like to give them to people on my way out. You can't sort of transfer them digitally, but. The process seems to be rolling out very, very smoothly. And I like the fact that you have such control of it right from the app as well. I think that app is really, I think it launched well and it's growing well. And I like how uh, well it integrates with the things you do online versus what you get to keep in your hands as well.
1: Right. And I'm really happy that they're doing this at a slow pace and making sure that everything works really well. Because the last thing that you want is to put all of this time and effort and energy into uh, doing your pre-planning, getting there and having it go awry. So obviously it's, it's dependent on a lot of technology that's going on in the background. And I'm really happy that they're doing their due diligence to make sure that it's going
2: to truly be a magical experience when you arrive. Absolutely. And as far as uh, finding out where I'm going to be to either come see a show live, I often don't know where I do the live broadcast. So I do a live video broadcast of the, of the uh, Disney News every Wednesday night. Sometimes I do it from the parks. Uh, I honestly often don't know, Stephen, where the show's going to be from until the day of or the day before. The best way to follow where the show's going to be from is to follow me on Twitter or Facebook at Lou Mangiello and Facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello. Or go to the events page over at www.radio.com. We have Meets of the Month every month in Walt Disney World. So maybe the timing of your trip will hopefully coincide with an upcoming meetup in the parks somewhere. So next question comes from Laura, who says, Lou, I have a quick question about visiting, timing is everything, Becky, Alani? I'm in Hawaii on business. What kind of, what kind of business takes you to Alani? That's where I want to go. I want to visit the Aulani Resort. Unfortunately, it's completely booked. But I'd still like to check it out since I'm here, especially after watching all of your coverage of it. Do you know, can people just visit the resort to look around for a few hours or do you need to be a guest? Again, thanks, Laura. Laura, I agree with you. If you are on the island and you're able to get over to Aulani, you can and you should go and check it out. Because even if you are not a hotel guest, you can go and check out Aulani and enjoy the restaurants and and look through the property. They'll validate your parking for four hours or less if you spend $35 or more at the resort. Otherwise, you have to pay for parking. Uh, obviously, you can't use the pools. You have to have a wristband to enter the pool. Kids can't go to Auntie's Beach House. Kids sort reviews of use those facilities. They don't really have sort of the, the day pass option uh, without being a hotel guest. But you can certainly go wander and explore. And again, if you get a chance to eat while you're there, um, the restaurants are wonderful.
1: Uh, yes, you can shop, eat, browse, walk around, check it out. Just even hanging out in the lobby for a while to look at all of the art and and to soak up the history that they tell you about um, the Hawaiian history. It's it's amazing. I am so in love with that resort, and I want to go back now. <laughs> but I highly encourage anybody, <clears throat> excuse me, if you haven't been over there, or if you are there and you just want to go check it out, go definitely eat something or go to the um to the happy hour for five dollar <laughs> appetizers and make a
2: meal for the four room people for thirty become, bucks. It's our favorite place. It is our favorite oh place. Gosh. What a lot of people do and we see, especially on weekends, is they'll go to the character breakfast, like on a Saturday yeah. or Sunday morning. So you can Lots certainly go as well too. Yeah.
1: I saw a lot of locals there. That really is an amazing place to to just go and have a meal with your family and friends. There you go. So
2: Tina Tissey Tissy? TC, T-C-T-I-S-I. I'm off with the pronunciations. Tina says, hey Lou, I have a couple of questions. I'm going to the world a few times this year, including once with my cousin. We're getting annual passes and also my cousin has a Disney Vacation Club membership. She's heard about the tables in Wonderland. We've both been checking it out on the internet. When we go later this year, we're taking our kids with us. There'll be five of us, two adults and three kids. Do we need two Tables in Wonderland, or can we get just one? Let's hit them one at a time. You only need one Tables in Wonderland card. If one person who pays has the Tables in Wonderland card, it will cover up to 10 guests for both food and drink. So you'll be fine if one person has the card and is going to pay the entire tab. You guys can split it later. It'll all work out in the end. You only need yeah. one Tables in Wonderland card.
1: Yep, that's the only caveat, Is that, as you said. It has to be on one ticket. You can't ask for split checks at that point. Ten guests, one ticket, one person pays, ten, you're
2: good. There you go. Also, I'm going to be taking my son on the Dream for five days, which I think is the best way to go on the Dream. I love the five-day double-dip to Castaway Key. Just wondering, what's the dress code in the dining room for dinner, and is there a dress-up night? So, Becky, we know that sort of on the seven-night cruises, it's mostly... What they call cruise casual, you know, um, there's also there's some cruise casual and where it's no shorts and swimwear and tank tops. There's pirate night. There's sort of the the formal and semi formal nights. And then obviously Paulo and Remy are different. I'm not sure exactly how it works on the five days. Certainly that you know that they have the, the cruise casual nights and the pirate night. But is there a formal or semi formal night for the five day cruises?
1: You know that's a really good question because they do change on on different itineraries. On the 5-night that I was on, yes, they did have a captain's dinner night, which is where they typically have the captain's reception that goes on beforehand. And it's while they call it formal, you really don't have to go in a tux. You don't have to get a beaded gown. You can if you'd like, but that's not it, it, it's not required to go to dinner. So, a lot of people do get hung up on the dress code. The only place that it's really set is in Remy which if you're going to Remy you men have to have a jacket women you do have to be dressed up um polo you do also have to have collared shirts for the men and so forth but in the regular dining rooms pretty much they're saying no shorts no bathing suits um you have to wear shoes uh some also say no jeans but we see jeans all the time almost anything goes in the dining room as long as it's you know not shorts and bathing suits right. um but if you're just going to go you want to kind of su- somewhat dress up Khaki pants, slacks, college shirt. um, For the ladies, just a um, a a suit jacket um, outfit. A a summer dress is.
2: Perfectly um, acceptable in the dining room, and I think the nice thing too is you can go. and, and We've seen you know having cruises together so many times. You can go as as dressed as you want to. Some people mm-hmm. like the idea, especially on a cruise, of dressing for dinner. Right, I think there's something Absolutely. very very nice about dressing for dinner. You don't have to, so you will see people just in 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 khakis and, and a polo shirt, and other men will be in jackets and ties.
1: Yeah, and, you, and a lot of families do use this as the time to go get their, um, their Christmas card <laughs> picture taken. So you will see families that are, are dressed up in tuxes and in, in beautiful floor-length gowns. And that's just the way that they want to, to do their vacation. If that's personally not the way you
2: want to, it's fine. Awesome. And Tina says, by the way, thanks. My favorite show is Dame Julie Andrews. Aww. Tina, I agree with you. I wept when she said my name. All right. <laughs> so we, uh, we have more Alani questions. I, should have, I wow. should have put these both together. But again, yeah. having just come back from Alani, just to do research, Becky, because that's what we do. Uh, Vicky Chiappetti says, hey, Lou, how do you get from the Hon- Honolulu Airport to Alani? Disney transportation, town car. I just booked, and I remember you and Becky saying something about getting there, being around $60 a head on a Disney bus. Help me remember, I'm old, <laughs> your friend, <laughs> Vicky Chiappetti. Um, oh. Becky, uh, uh, Vicky, I may be the old one, because if I talked about a, a Disney bus, I-, I may have misspoken in the past. Because from what I understand, Becky, Alani does not currently have any sort of shuttle service directly from the airport to Alani, But you can get a-, a cab that should be about maybe 70 $80 for a family of four.
1: Yeah, actually, what you're looking at is it, it's not Magical Express. Basically, they don't have any type of Disney transportation. Official Disney transportation, as you just said, um, you can get a a taxi can now be in that seventy to eighty dollar range um, plus tip, of course. You can also get just a wonderful town car service, which is what we had done, um, and those start at approximately 80 to $90. So, for a little bit more, you can have your own private uh, transportation service. It helps with the bags, which is just wonderful. Um, you can also, of course, rent a car. And the only thing with renting a car is that you do have the parking costs if you're not a Disney Vacation Club member. Um, at last check, I think it was $35 a night to park the car. So, that's... Uh, Travel time is about 40 minutes. It's about 17 miles from the airport, depending on traffic. If you land in the middle of the day during their rush hour going out, there could be a little bit more time in traffic. But if you're coming in in the, in the morning or in the evening, which is a great time, it takes about 35 minutes.
2: Okay, let's go from Alani back to Walt Disney World because Tim Elman has a question about the Little Mermaid Suites at Disney's Art of Animation Resort. When I go to the actual section that talks about the rooms, it says the Little Mermaid suites will have two double beds. However, when I go to book the room, it lists two double beds or a king-size bed. So do you know, is there a king-size bed in the room or not? So I think, Becky, the first thing here is to sort of clarify because we're talking about art of animation, but the Little Mermaid rooms are not actually suites, right?
1: Right, now, I think that there's this may be where the confusion lies, because the little mermaid rooms are standard rooms, and those allow one double bed or one king-size bed, which you'd have to do on request. And if you wanted a king-size bed, you can request it, but it's not guaranteed. Now, the suites are different. That's going to be your Lion King family suites, your Cars family suite, your um, Finding Nemo family suite, or just the regular family suites. And those sleep up to six, where the Little Mermaid standard rooms sleep four. So in the family suites, you have one queen-size bed, um, one double-size table bed. And then one double-sized sleeper sofa, which accommodates the six. So that's probably where the confusion is lying. Little Mermaid, standard room like you would get at any of the, like the regular uh, value resorts.
2: And then the suites are separate. There you go. All right, let's move over to Mark Galindo's question. He says, hey, Lou, I'm an avid listener to the show. Yes, it reaches far as Scotland, which Becky still amazes me that it goes over the water. Anyway, I'm coming by myself Technology. in 2015, <laughs> leaving Bonnie, Scotland behind for a couple of weeks. It'll be the first time I've traveled by myself to this magnitude. And I'd wondered if there's any advice or suggestions you could give me for going solo to Disney. Naturally, I'm a bit apprehensive about going to a place so family-oriented by myself. So I was wondering, are there any dedicated websites or forums or something like that out in Cyberland that I could perhaps join to see if there's people there going at the same time or even able being able to share some of their experiences? If all goes well, I'll be sure to buy you a citrus swirl. If I happen to stumble <laughs> across you during my stay, I'll just want to camp out at Sunshine Tree <laughs> while you're there. So uh, I can appreciate your busy as always. Anyway, I just thought it'd be better to ask uh, ask you for this for help with this. Best regards, Mark Galindo. So, Mark, the blessing and the curse of living in Scotland is when you you don't get to come often, but when you do, you get to stay for two weeks. Your question about going solo is one. and This is why I think it's great to answer these on the show, Becky. Is that a lot of people have had, and one that I used to have a long time ago when I used to when I was researching my first book and I was going by myself. I'm like, do I need to pretend that I have a friend? Like, do any does anybody (laughs) go to this place by themselves? Absolutely. And in fact, we've talked about this in the past. I think there's a lot of benefits sometimes to going alone, right? You don't have anybody to worry about what they feel like doing or what they want to eat or how long they want to stay or where they want to go next. You can have as much fun as you want. And in terms of talking to people who've done it before – you're right. There are places like the forum, so we still have discussion forums, very, very active discussion forums and a great community over at www.radio.com. If you click on the forums tab on any of the pages, it'll take you to our fun, family-friendly, all-free discussion forums. There are sections in there about traveling solo to Walt Disney World. You can read other people's trip reports. You can get their advice. You can ask questions, or you can even say, hey, you know what? I'm going to be there between this time and this time. Anybody want to meet up? Or if we have a meet of the month during that time, it's a great way to meet other like-minded Disney friends as well.
1: Absolutely. And as, as a veteran of going by myself <laughs> without my, my husband and my family quite often to the Walt Disney World, it is a really unique, fun way to travel sometimes. And I will guarantee you, if you go to the to the WDW Radio Forum post in there when you're going, you probably will have lots of new friends to go meet up with because um, it's such a wonderful community that kind of reaches out to everybody. And, and there's no more fun than to meet other mouse fans in in Walt Disney World and hang out. That's one of the things I love most. But it is kind of neat when you're there by yourself and you can really enjoy the parks and people watching and experiencing it from going at the pace you want to rather than going you know to the places and at somebody else's pace. But it uh, you can be alone as much as you want or you can have as many new friends as you'd like.
2: That's for sure. And I think Disney is unique in this regard because – whether you're going to World, I've done it to land. A lot of people, even on the WW Radio Cruises, do the cruises by themselves too. I think it's one of the best places that that's suited for people who want to go alone. Because like you said, if you want to be alone, you can. But you'll always be able to – very. It's a, you want to make friends. This is a very easy place to do it, right? Whether it's the guy in line or, or the person you're sitting next to at lunch or dinner, whatever it may be, you can sort of be as um, – engaging with other people as social with other people as you want to be but it's uh, it's very very accommodating to, to going solo completely
1: agree and by the way that whole citrus roll thing you still on me <laughs> just just wanted to make sure to remind you of that next time <laughs> next time all right
2: uh let's see paul from texas says hey lou and becky i was listening to episode number 274 with questions about disney cruise line My wife and I just booked a family cruise aboard the Magic from Galveston for next spring break. It's going to be our first ever cruise. Any tips you can pass specific to that ship and a complete cruise novice? Again, that comes from Paul from Texas. So, Becky, we could, and we actually have, done full shows about cruising, right? Especially for first-time cruisers, whether it's been for one of the group cruises or going on your own uh, I'll reference and I'll link in the show notes. Go to the website, go to www.radio.com, type in Disney Magic or Disney Dream or Disney Cruise. You'll see some cruise prep shows that we've done helping you get acclimated to the idea of what it's going to be like when you first step on board. But let's talk about the magic, especially from Galveston too, because this is, this is probably, you know, most people think about cruising from you know either the West Coast or, or, or more specifically Port Canaveral.
1: Yeah, and, you know, honestly, I want to point out a couple of things because when you're looking at the magic and the wonder, these are the classic ships. So they're not the ones that have the aqueduct on the top and there's, you know, not all the brand new bells and whistles, but that's okay because the classic ships are wonderful experiences and you're going to have a fantastic cruise experience on board these ships. Um, First of all, I want to say relax and enjoy the ship. Really just don't overthink it get on board, enjoy your time on board, go to the shows, make sure that you see the shows, because a lot of people have this tendency to go, eh, it's just a show. These are high-level Broadway um, quality shows that you can't miss on board the ships, on board any of the four ships that you're going to. Um, They're just incredible. The don't miss for me on any of the ships as well, is Palo dinner and or brunch. And actually, I like brunch better. So I'm kind of thinking of all the, the main tips that I've uh, gone through over the years for these two ships. But Palo, make sure that you get a dinner and or a brunch because it is an experience that you will not forget. Um, I really do highly encourage people, even if, if you've been on the Fantasy and you come back and you look and you find a, a itinerary that's going to be on the Magic of the Wonder Take it because it's a whole different experience. But again, with that whole Disney difference and the Disney magic that's
2: tied up into your cruise vacation. Right. And then plus, don't forget, too, later on this year later on in 2013, the magic, as we've heard, is going to receive a major refurbishment in terms of interior and exterior spaces as well, too. So excited for that. I'm so excited for that.
1: <laughs> Between the, I know you're gonna do, you're gonna make fun of me, but I'm gonna say it anyway. The new adults area is looks really cool. And of course, the slide
2: on top of uh, out in the pool area. Oh, come on, you're I, like a kitten, you don't even go near the water, you don't uh, even know the water unless it's behind the bar. So, who wow. are we kidding?
1: <laughs> well, okay, but it looks really cool. I'll watch you, <laughs> I will watch you, and I'll make sure that you know if you survive, it's gonna all be good.
2: All right, so we actually have a, sort of another cruise-related question from Aaron Mould, who says, "Hey, do any of the Disney ships offer tours before they leave?" Right, I think a lot of people, Becky, you know, especially if they happen to be in the area, would love to sort of take a quick little walking tour, see what the ships are like while they're in port. Yeah,
1: unfortunately, due to security concerns in our in our history. Um, between concerns of uh, security and customs, they don't generally offer tours. In in the past, you might hear of some people being able to go on as uh, as agents or organize ship inspections. But unfortunately, for um, general public, it's not something that they have been conducting. Uh, The best way really to experience the ship is to sail on one. So if you're looking for, uh, if if you're not sure about a cruise vacation, try a three-day. Try it try a small or excuse me a shorter cruise a 3 or 4 day and and experience it that way i i will tell you though if you're listening to this and you go yeah i might do a 3 day once you do a 3 day you'll never go back to or once you do a 4 or 5 or something above a 3 you will never go back to a 3 because it's so fast you get on the ship you fall asleep you get up and you, it feels like you get up again and You're off the ship. It's almost like a ship
2: tour. It's like a one day ship tour. You get (laughs) to sleep there two nights.
1: It really does seem that way. So it's unfortunate that, um, you know, due to the the situation in our lives today, that they're unable just to bring people on board the ship and walk them around like they once did way back when. Um, But again, might as well just go and experience it and have a great time anyway, right?
2: Well, plus tour, the way, I mean, look, the way that they turn those ships around, how quickly they get guests off clean it and get guests back on is amazing you know it is it is a marvel and actually you've seen it if you've ever seen like on travel channel or destination america they have some shows where they kind of show how that turnaround happens so you almost don't want to see the ship like that you want to see the ship when it is is ready and guests are on board and cast members are, are, are doing what they do so best. You don't want to see it while the, the carpets are, are being vacuumed and, and things are being moved around and the ships are being painted and they're, they're bringing, you know, food into the ship's store. You want to see it the way it's meant to be. And, and like you said, Becky, you know, you can also get some great deals sometimes, too, on some of those really short cruises. It's a great way to kind of dip your toe in the water and find yeah. out if, if cruising's for you
1: absolutely and it's a really good point that you just brought up there that you don't want to see it as it's being turned over and i i, I kind of marvel sometimes especially the first time cruisers who'll get on board and they'll think well why is not my room ready and it's amazing to stop and think that they just moved off 2 or 3000 people not not 3 hours before and in three hours, four hours tops, they can turn every room around and have all the bedding redone and have everything clean and spick and pa- span and ready for people to go into those rooms. That is quite an accomplishment. My hat's off to those those crew members who make that happen because that's amazing.
2: Yeah, and those, you know, if you've been on the ship before, you need to uh, applaud and thank those c- crew and cast members because chances are the one role you may be seeing them do one day You know, later on that night, they may be doing something else completely. They, 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 many of them have a number of roles in order to make that happen. You know, those people who are on those ships, they work hard. They are amazing. I don't think these people sleep. I, I think they've got
1: audio <laughs> animatronics because I don't think they sleep or eat because you will see them, like you said, you'll see them one moment in, in Cabanas and then the, a few hours later, you'll see them you know, doing some other role and then a few hours later, the next morning, you see them serving uh, lunch out at Castaway Key. It's, I, wow, hats off,
2: really. Yeah, very, very impressive. Very impressive how they, how they turn it around. All right, we have time for one more question. And this one comes from Walter from California. He says, I'm sorting out my emails, and I had a question for you. One, has Walt Disney World ever done anything about Casey at the Bat, Angels in the Outfield, and or the history of baseball? B, I was also curious if Disney's ever done anything for the 90s movie Chips the War Dog in any of the parks. And if you can even direct me in the right direction, any help would be appreciated thanks for all the shows wednesday is definitely the best part of the week and again love the show sincerely walter h walter so i, I dig this man i dig this because uh, first becky has no idea what you're talking about right i, say, I,
1: I think i'm gonna get <laughs> i am gonna get schooled here because i have no idea the only thing when you said casey i'm at bat i'm thinking casey's
2: food so <laughs> beyond that i have no idea what's going on so <laughs> I, I love the fact and look you know so many of the films inspire the parks and the parks inspire the films and he's talking about some of the things that are a little bit more obscure right you for think? a lot of people they know <laughs> Casey at the Bat they either know sort of the the, the poem or they or they've seen the, the 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 movie of it the sort of the short of it but certainly that the tie there is Casey's Corner uh, at the end of Main Street there is that is probably the best uh, other than also the the store a little bit has some some baseball Ooh, references one. in it too. Uh, there are no, as far as I know, I have not seen an Angels in the outfield reference. There may have been one, you know, maybe like at the studios at some point. Although I don't recall ever seeing Angels in the outfield. Chips the war dog. What that, is that's, that? So we're gonna I'm gonna uh, do, I'm do a show, the top ten Disney movies. I bet you've never seen, and Chips the war dog maybe <laughs> in right their, there. Yeah. You've probably heard of Black Cauldron. You may not have seen I have two words for you. The Wild. What? Yeah. See? You saw that movie when it was called Madagascar. Anyway, so so, uh, as far as those other films, I don't think so. But I think this is a great question. I think it's a great question to leave the listeners with. Oh,
1: wait. Is is that kind of like the way we just saw Revenge of the Nerds?
2: <laughs> when it was called Monsters right. University, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Look, Sorry, take go a ahead. good
2: story that works and 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 make it your own. So, uh, this is the question I have for those people who are listening: What obscure and, and obscure is sort of a relative term? What obscure Disney movie would you like to see represented in the parks? Right? Is it Condor Man? Is it the Black Hole? The Black Cauldron? Chips the War Dog, whatever it may be, Air Buddies 3, whatever, (laughs) what obscure or favorite Disney movie that sort of maybe not, you know, it's not one of the quote unquote classics. Would you like to see represented in the parks and maybe tell us how? So there's lots of ways you could let me know. You can come by the show notes over at wdwradio.com. Click on this week's podcast. Leave a comment in the comment section. We'll keep the conversation going there. You could also come to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash or facebook.com slash You can call the voicemail. I'd love to hear what your thought is. 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. What obscure Disney movie would you like to see represented ...inside the Disney parks. Also, I want to invite you, more, more like encourage you, to go visit mousefantravel.com. Whether you're coming down to Disney World, or land, or you want to go out to Aulani, or Tokyo, or Paris, anywhere in the world, Disney or otherwise, becky your agents will definitely help you out. There's always specials, and discounts, and hugs... From Well, not necessarily from Becky, but her agents are are very good huggers, from what I understand.
1: Wow. Really? (laughs) That's what you're going to leave off on? Really? (laughs) I hug? I hug good. Okay? (laughs) Yes, we are more than happy to help anybody with their vacation plans, whether it be Disneyland, Disney World, Disney Cruise, Adventures by Disney, and Disney Paris, and other places besides Disney because there are people who there's I what? know they're crazy but they go What's other places but we do that people? too. What's so, wrong yes. with these people? Oh the wow. humanity.
2: <laughs> Why would you want to go anywhere else I say? Yep I know there's crazy people out there. Ride along with us. Well listen there's uh, get aboard get aboard Becky's crazy train. Um, <laughs> Becky believe it or not as I said at the beginning we actually have lots more emails that we have to get to uh, I promise we will have you come back sooner rather than later to get through more of the inbox. But if you have a question you want answered on the show, whether it's about any of these destinations, Disney history, trivia, whatever it may be, you can email me at Lou at wdwradio.com. And Becky, I will see you uh, in the world and on board. Right? We've got the fantasy coming up soon, so um, and we I and I do lots uh, coming up here we soon. Have lots coming up. We have expo, yeah. land, world, cruise more <laughs> stuff and, we haven't talked about we'll as quiet.
1: as yet unannounced
2: <laughs> yes as yet unannounced
1: well thank you so much for having me once again and and i gotta go because i have to go google chips the war dog <laughs> 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 i want to know what the heck this is maybe cheeto the peace squirrel <laughs> i don't
2: know <laughs> time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I ask you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history, trivia, see how well you pay attention to the details of what you see, or maybe even in what you hear. We then randomly select one entry from all the correct entries for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week we were talking all about Walt Disney World on the water, and some of my favorite attractions on it, or in it, or around it, And one of the best ways, I think, to enjoy the water is simply by the transportation methods and the ferry boats from the TTC to the Magic Kingdom is one of my favorite ways. Your question last week was simple. To tell me what the names were of the three ferry boats that transport guests from the Transportation and Ticket Center to the Magic Kingdom. Then, for a bonus prize, I'd give you a WW Radio t-shirt if you told me their respective original names as well. So the answer to the question is the Richard F. Irvine, the Admiral Joe Fowler, and the General Joe Potter. And for the bonus, the Magic Kingdom 1 became the Admiral Joe Fowler, the Magic Kingdom 2 became the Richard F. Irvine, and the Kingdom Queen was renamed the General Joe Potter. So again, hundreds of you entered, hundreds of you got this one right, a lot of you got the bonus as well, and this week's winner with the bonus is... Michael O'Shea. So Michael, congratulations. Send me your information. I'll get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, thanks for playing, but don't worry because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So I love Tomorrowland and with the film of the same name in production right now, I thought about looking into the future while glancing back at the past. Stitch's Great Escape in Tomorrowland and Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom was once home to one of Walt Disney World's most unique and scary attractions, the extraterrestrial Alien Encounter. Once home to Flight to the Moon and Mission to Mars, this theater-in-the-round show delighted and maybe even frightened a few guests when it opened in 1995. So in the Alien Encounter, Tim Curry was the voice of Sir Simulated Intelligence Robotics. But... He wasn't the very first actor to voice the role of a robot from XS Tech in that part of the show. So, your question this week is this. What actor did Tim Curry replace in the voice of the robot in the Alien Encounter pre-show? Now, because I'm going to be exhibiting and walking around and broadcasting during the D23 Expo this weekend, I'm going to give you two weeks to answer and enter. So you have until Sunday, August 18th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern, to send your answer to contest at wdwradio.com. Your prize package this week is going to consist not just of all six virtual audio tours of Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, a WDW Radio luggage tag button, and a Walt Disney World trivia book, but it'll also include a surprise gift from the D23 Expo as well. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. This is just the beginning of a very exciting week at WDW Radio because I'm traveling to Anaheim and Disneyland for the third D23 Expo, and I'm going to be broadcasting all three days of the Expo from the show floor and our booth at D23ExpoLive.com. You can watch, chat, interact. We're going to have special guests, interviews, contests, and more. We're going to start broadcasting probably about 9 a.m. Pacific on Friday, August 9th. We'll continue on all three days through Sunday, August 11th. And I'm also going to do my regularly scheduled WDW Radio Live broadcast from Disneyland this Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. That's Wednesday, August 7th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You can watch and chat over at Live.com. In order to chat during either or both of those broadcasts, you can go and sign up for a free account over at Ustream.tv so you can watch and chat either on the website or via the free Ustream app on for your mobile device or iPad. In addition to the show and the live broadcasts, also be sure and visit the website over at WDWRadio.com. There you can check out our multiple daily blog posts, new videos every week, sign up for our new free weekly email newsletter with exclusive content, contests, deals, offers, and more. You can also download the free WDW Radio app. So much more. Again, you can find everything over at WDWRadio.com. You can connect with me over on Twitter. I'm at Lou Mangiello and Facebook.com slash Lou or Facebook.com slash WDW Radio. And as much as I love connecting with you virtually, I think nothing beats a handshake and a hug. So be sure and visit our events page for upcoming special events like our Cruise on the Disney Fantasy going out to D23 Expo. And of course, our Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World. Our next meet of the month is going to be Saturday, August 24th. It's summer is coming to an end. What better way to spend the day than at Disney's Typhoon Lagoon? Like all meets, it's open to anyone and everyone. For more information and RSVP, visit the events page over at wdwradio.com. Quick thanks to my partners and sponsors, including Mouse Fan Travel, Becky, as you know, is my official and recommended travel provider. You heard her on this week's show. She's a font of knowledge, and her dedicated team of agents give you the best possible prices, all available discounts, all at no additional cost to you. You can visit them over at mousefantravel.com And if you want some Disney magic delivered right to your door, you can subscribe and order back issues of Celebrations Magazine by visiting celebrationspress.com And finally, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, Please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Come by, comment, and share links to your favorite episodes on Facebook. Please also come by. Rate and review the show and the free app over in iTunes as well. Very, very helpful. Very much appreciated. And most importantly, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for taking the time to listen every week and for allowing me to share my passion for Disney with you through this show and in so many other ways. And I want to make sure that you live the life you dream about, right? So just because something may not be happening for you right now, it doesn't mean that it never will. So don't quit, have faith, and always keep moving forward. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Have a great week. So until next time, see ya. Hi, Lou. This is Marissa, um, girl for Moon 2, or
0: 1995, on, on the forums and you stream. Today is... Tuesday, July 30th, and I'm going to kind of be that person, and I'm going to start a countdown, because in a week, I'm going to California for the D23 Expo, and today, I just received the email that I am going to be a part of the costume competition, so if you see a random Ysma walking around, you'll know who it is, but I'm so excited, so starting today, we have a week, so... Seven days till I leave, and um, a good about nine days until I see your booth. So I'm excited beyond belief. Uh, Say hi to Kathy and Sean if you listen to the voicemails. And I guess I'll call in tomorrow, and we'll keep this countdown going. But can't wait to see you at D23. Bye, Lou. Hey, Lou. It is just after midnight on August 2nd, so happy birthday. Glad this goes to your voicemail, and I'm not waking you up. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou, um, it's Marissa once again, so just wanted to say that six days until I leave for California. I hope other people are getting through the week of or, or follow this, following the same countdown, or you get there later. Either one, just so you're there for the convention, and then you get to spend a few days in the park, which I'm really excited about. So, um, this began six more days, and Disneyland bound. Bye, Lou. Oh, Marissa. Bye, Lou. Hey Lou. Um this is Marissa and continuing the countdown to Disneyland slash G twenty three, we're at four days. So four days till I get to the parks and um then just a few days after the convention will start and I'll see your booth on the event floor. Um I guess just uh I'm really excited and before before I'm going I'm trying to read Walt Disney, an American original by Bob Thomas and it's pretty good so far from what i've read so um recommend it to everyone if you really want to know all about the disney family wall and pretty much the man behind the mouse so four days see you then hey, Lou. this is marissa um continuing the countdown once again we are at two days until i leave for california i bet many other people are there so congratulations to you hope you're having fun in the parks um i think for Second day, I'm just going to say what I'm most excited about, and that is Cars Land. I am going to freak out when I get there because I've heard so many good things. I stopped myself from watching any YouTube videos except for your little teaser. Stopped myself watching YouTube videos and seeing pictures because I want to be wowed. So yeah, and I'm excited for that. And if you're also very nerdy. Doctor Who has just been out, so, you know what, i it's been a pretty good day, and with only two days left, these next two days are going to be anguish, but I'll get through it. So, California in two days, see you at the convention.
1: You've got a friend in me. Yeah.